here's the here's I think the the micro difference between you and Pete Sampras <laughs> is <laughs> can we end it here? Yeah, I, I came, I saw, and I conquered. See you next time. <laughs> Welcome to Shank Cast episode number eight. Today we're going to be confronting. A tennis sandbagger. I mean, would you call yourself a sandbagger? First of all, would you would you like label yourself that or not necessarily? We'll get into the semantics. To be honest, I, I personally wouldn't call myself a sandbagger okay. just by viewing my record, my standalone record as a whole. Okay, <laughs> I think I, 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 I mean, if you go back, I, I think I'm, I have a winning percentage of like seventy eight percent. So I've I've I win three out of every four matches. So is that planned or is that just part of the the whole? All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, there, yeah, we're gonna dig into this topic of like what is sandbagging. If you've never heard of it before, if you've been around the block in tennis, you've heard about sandbagging. We're gonna talk about tanking as well. We're gonna define those. We have Ira here. If you've been following Essential Tennis for a long time, you recognize <clears throat> that sultry voice. Yeah, <laughs> that deep voice. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, welcome, Ira. First Thank of you. all, thank you for having me, Ira, uh, certified OG of. <laughs> Essential tennis. You're the the first coach, like associate yep. coach, at, second at a, empl- third employee. Yeah, beside yourself, of course. Yeah, yeah, r- yeah. Right, <laughs> me and then James and then and then Ira. That's right. So welcome back. Thank you. Good to have Ira here. He loves talk radio. <laughs> he loves tennis. He loves playing tennis. So uh, it'd be interesting to get Ira's perspective on this. So let's let's real quickly let's kind of get everybody's take here. Let's define the terminology here. What is Sandbagging. I really, let's start with you, and we'll go around. By the time it gets to me, I don't know if there'll be any thoughts left. But what's in your mind? What is the definition of sandbagging? So I think sandbagging realistically is somebody that goes out and purposefully loses. Um, not necessarily doesn't give effort, but loses to protect a rating or to keep his winning percentage at a certain rate. Okay. Megan? I don't think you actually, you don't have to officially lose, but you can tank games or that kind of stuff. It's the same. Mm. You're, um, you're losing points or games specifically because you want to. Like, that's your goal is not to win those specific. I don't think it has to be like the match, though, to be a sandbagger. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. Kevin. It's the strategic loss of points to gain an advantage of staying at a certain level or dropping your level. Yeah, I would just add, I think it's like withholding in general. It might be your skill level. Because sandbagging, like within the context of things other than tennis, I feel like you're trying to represent yourself as maybe a level that you're, that you're not. Like your actual ability for playing is higher than whatever. And there's micro and macro you know, elements to this. Like there's the whole match and there's a couple points and we'll get into like why. So it's interesting that you say that because just, and we'll get to it later, but uh, you said not necessarily representing what your full potential is. And so when we touch on that, uh, I'd I'd be very anxious to give you my opinion on that. Very anxious. anxious. (laughs) All right. And so within, within kind of, for me, within the category of sandbagging is maybe more of a nuanced like part of it. And that is tanking. And there's kind of different definitions. Of, I think there's like macro tanking and there's more micro tanking. Ira, what's your definition of a t- like a tank or somebody who is tanking? Or 
On a tennis court, what is tanking? Well, mean? I think it's just not giving full effort. Uh, you know, you you look at guys like Kyrgios who will go like, there stand, early. I mean, I like s- stand there on the baseline, gripping his racket, being like, "Hey, man, you can serve whenever you want. Like, I'm not holding you back from serving. I don't really care if I win or lose this point." So I think that's a purposeful tank. So to kind of give up. Yeah, Megan. Um, I think there's two sides of tanking. There's the side of give up, like not <laughs> they're cheersing donuts, just so you know. Thank you for the donuts, Sarah. Um, You're welcome. There's tanking, like I don't care and I don't want to be here kind of tanking, like do whatever you want, kind of like what Ira was talking about. And then there's also tanking that's like specific, strategic like, um, I'm, you know, deep in the second set, I'm down one five and people might tank because they're like, well, I'll play a tie break instead of working my way all the way back through this or whatever. So I think there's different types of tanking in that sense. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, you have totally different levels of like lack of effort because you just think you're not going to win. So you're just like, whatever. And then you have the strategic second set tank or uh, deep in deep down in the first set. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to save energy. Less like, it's like a strategic tank. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have your, you know, your sandbagger using the tank as a weapon of uh, <laughs> losing a couple points or games to keep the score close. So they, they don't look as mm-hmm. good as they potentially are. Yeah, I would maybe classify it under like, emotional or psychological tank where it's like you just don't care anymore you're just so pissed that it's like i don't you know it just doesn't matter i'm just gonna go ahead and stop trying and then there's your like tactical like thought out mm-hmm. decide you know there's like a you're playing an angle by giving away whatever it is points or games or a set or or, or even a whole match whatever it is other thoughts sandbagging tanking we define that well enough for everybody yeah. mm-hmm. it's rumble all right so let's get into it. Why would somebody want a lower rating? There's at least some people listening and watching right now that are like, okay, fine. And kind of makes sense. But I bust my ass like day after day, week after week, year after year to like try to climb the ladder and like get better and better. Why conceivably would somebody want mm. to be ranked lower or rated lower? Ira? <clears throat> well, in my case, I think that it's not necessarily that I want to be a four zero player. I, I'm currently ranked four point five. I have been. I was going to say, are you down to four zero? No. Wow. Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I am a four five player. I've been bumped up to five zero three times. Really? Uh, I, I didn't and, know that. And appealed all three times and got bumped back down. Um, the last one, the last time is when I moved back from Texas, and I actually had to make a, a phone call into the offices of the USTA to plead my case, which I, in, in, in retrospect, I actually had a good case. Uh, some matches were, when I went to Texas, I played in more tournaments. So I had, you know, more matches because nobody knew me in Texas. I just wanted to play tennis and I don't typically play tournaments here because the draws are very small and it's really not worth taking a full weekend to play around Robin. Like in Texas, you know, there's draws of a hundred plus players. And so for me, that was more exciting and so when they calculated my rating in Texas, it was apparently, and I hung up the phone very quickly after I got my answer that I was going to be appealed back down, uh, but it was apparently the point systems are different or they don't calculate individual tournaments. They only do uh, USTA league matches. Huh. So my, my 
goal is to remain a 4.5 and I can go into the reason why I want to do that, but if we can save that for a little bit later in the conversation. I kind of think that's important now. I'm, I'm curious to understand yeah, let's, the, let's the mentality. Yeah. So for you, why do you not want to be a 5.0? Well, to be honest, I mean, firstly, I'd like to, in an in a elevator pitch, what, what defines a 5.0 player? And I'd like to ask each of you this question, like what attributes go along with a 5.0 player? Winning a lot of matches against four or five players <laughs> is my answer. <laughs> okay, I mean, no, seriously, because like the NCRP chart, if you look at the chart, so how, they can, try, can we pull that up? Yeah, sure. Yeah, if right. you play Division One college okay. tennis, you, pretty you, much are, you have to be a 5-0. Okay. Yep. So I'd be very curious to see what the yeah, I USTA, think the chart is bogus because it's like they try to they try to put certain criteria and certain like elements of like whatever physical big, criteria. Big weapon, you know and like moves well and like what, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring it up. But I think that whole thing is bogus because we all know there's a million and one ways to win a tennis match. Correct. And technical proficiency is a lot of times way down on the list. I mean, we all know the player with the, like the prettiest strokes or most proficient like technical person doesn't always win. So what would you mean by technical proficiency? Like the ability yeah, to hit bring like up the top chart, spin right? or change direction in. of the ball. All right, here we go. So here's Good. the NTRP Good. chart, uh, 5.0. <laughs> I like this. Strong shots with control, depth, and spin. Uses forehand to set up offensive situations. Has developed good touch, consistent on passing shots. Can use backhand as an aggressive shot with good consistency. Has good direction and depth on most shots. Very spin. That's about a third of it. Like yada, yada, that's yada. That's 5.0? Yeah, the, okay. yeah, I'm reading the chart for, for 5.0. So I guess that's what I mean by technical. Yeah, like big forehand, big serve. Consistent backhand. Yeah, not, correct. not a massive like, weakness. Yeah, correct. Now, do you, you've played against me. You don't think you've ever seen me hit. I don't think you've ever seen me hit. I've seen you hit a little bit. Would you, <laughs> would you realistically rate me a 5.0? Just based on those words? Yes. What the USTA, which is the governing body of what we're talking about here, the leagues, which set up the system, would you rate me a 5.0 player? Well, no backhand, remember. <laughs> no top spin, I think the chart's remember. Bogus. I'm like just I, saying, but, but this is what the criteria of that. Right, but in, in real life, the way that they actually determine the number... Some like some USTA official doesn't come and like scope out your match with binoculars Correct. and be like, oh, forehand power, check. <laughs> oh, backhand consistency, check. It's all algorithmically based and it purely has to do with who you win against and who you lose against. And so, so to me, that's, that should be the only criteria. It's head-to-head competition. It's purely objective. You know, it's supposed to be you objective. You got to start somewhere though. And that's the issue is that people sure. are self-rating. Under Just or reading above. the words and right. being like, oh, I can because do that. Because there used to be, years ago, there used to be a USTA person would come out and they had, yeah. you know, clinics and they would put you through like these specific well, drills. And you could I either did that when do I was it. in high yeah. school. Yeah, we did too. Like we used to hold them all the time. And so you would, and they would rate you. So based on the criteria set up by the USTA, would you classify me a 5.0 player having played against me? <laughs> so by the way, in, in high school, I wanted to get rated so I could play a league on, on a league team. And I, and and I went out, and the team I wanted to play for was a was a five zero team. And in high school, I went out, did the whole clinic thing. They like had you play some points, like they had their clipboard and they were like writing stuff down. And the tester asked me, "What rating would you like?" And I said, "Well, I want to play in a five team." And he was like, "So you want to be five I was like, "Yeah, sure." And so that's the rating he gave me. Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> so yeah. you tell me, is my backhand weak in high school? Do you think? Yes. <laughs> Somehow I got a, a five uh, rating out of that. Right. 
So, so I, feel, I feel like that, like yeah. that part of it is purely, it's like subjective. And it's like, what do you want to play? Like people can go on and to a certain extent, just choose, oh, I want to play with Sally and whatever, whatever league and just mark that down when they're uh, self rating. But the only real like way to do it is, is head to head. And that's where sandbagging comes into play. So you still haven't answered my question. Knowing what you know, should you be a five? Would you consider me a five player? Just purely based on the chart? No, based on your experience. Oh, hitting dude. against me but it's not it's not so like i guess the question for me is like have Texas, you ever played wisconsin like 100 percent true have you ever played a 5-0 player uh i'm sure i have have you ever point. beat them no you've never beat a 5-0 player i don't think that i've ever consciously said this is a 5-0 player based on the chart so, you're talking no, but, about but just, in like, usda because i've never played 5-0 but you've never played a 5-0 i've player? never played I'm a 5-0 sure have you ever played a okay. college have you ever played a division one college player and beat them Mm. I, yep. Now listen, I just I fair have, enough. I have played one official. He played at DePaul. That's division, but he plays on my four or five team. But okay, without but the, I don't consider the criteria him of the criteria you said is that, or we all mentioned here is if you play division one tennis. Now, I mean, it's subjective to say like you're saying strong. Strong is subjective to whoever you're playing. You For could sure. be playing like Timmy, who doesn't have a strong forehand, and your Timmy. forehand. <laughs> I didn't want to go like like Thor or something, but Timmy, who has a weak forehand, and and maybe he's consistent and he's a five five because he's fast. You know, all these things are subjective to who you're playing. So if you have played a college Division One player and you've beat them, regardless of that they're a four zero at this point in time, they were a five zero at time, and so it's kind of subjective. That's well, I guess I, where I would the, even so hold, I'm going to help you out a second, I but know. I would even take issue like even to that like the whole like Division One, Division Two, the whole that whole thing is bogus yeah, yeah. anyway. Yes, because top to bottom, oh, the yeah. the That's playing true. ability of a top tier D1 Correct. player and a bottom tier D1 player is completely different a universe. world of difference. So Just like the ratings there's a world of difference. Totally just, from yes. California to Wisconsin to New York or whatever. It's all completely different. So basically we're saying we can throw the whole thing out and you can be a 4-5 or a 5-0 based on whoever you're playing and the subjectivity yeah. of, of so it doesn't really matter. I mean, so the base is... Yeah, from place to place like it's complete. Like Kansas City is way higher ranked than like in Oklahoma, like we had to really kind of change our thought process when people would ask me like, what do you, what do you think I'm rated? And I said one time this guy is, oh yeah, you, you're about a four Oh. And this girl's like, no, 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 like four five for sure. In Oklahoma, like it was a lot different mm-hmm. from place to place. So we, we didn't really go around the circle hundred percent on the five Oh, what you classify, mm-hmm. but I'll give you my definition of five Oh. <laughs> Uh, a final player, in my opinion, is somebody with a big serve, can win free points consistently, or not consistently, but you know at least one per service game with a big serve, either whether it be a big kick serve, a big flat serve, can consistently aim, isn't probably going to double fault a Hold lot. Hold on, let me, let me make a Wait, chart. Wait, is this men and I'm gonna women I'm going to write out a chart. Sure. Okay. Iris 5-0 chart. Uh, has another big weapon, most likely a forehand. I mean, you, you've played against me, you've played against Kevin. My forehand is nowhere near the, the level of um, elasticity and power and probably spin than Kevin's. Would you agree? Agree. So my forehand isn't as good as his. Uh, it's different. We're going back. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's very not different. A, it's yeah. not a big weapon. I'd much rather face yours than, than Kevin's. Yes. So my criteria for 5-0 typically is all around good player uh, with two big weapons that they can use to dictate points. 
whether it be a backhand, a forehand, um, or a serve. A serve is a must. What, what are you? I'm just curious here. What are you just classifying as a weapon? What's your strategic classification of a weapon? Uh, me for what is my? No, weapon? just in general. I'm oh, just curious. I would say a serve for sure. Like a big serve. But what makes it a weapon? What well, what's the classification? The, ability the definition of a weapon to the, you? The ability to dictate. Like consistently and get free points off of So basically some ability to control the situation and create free points. Correct. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. Would you see, see your like mental attitude? And I have never played you, but I've, I've heard stories. Would you say your <laughs> mental attitude of how you approach playing players and your maybe particularly scrappiness or for sure. way to annoy players, would you classify that as a weapon? Absolutely. But that's not on the chart. That's correct. So would you say that might give you an advantage correct. over some players to beat players that are maybe better than the... Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just wanting yeah. to give a... I think, I think the mental attitude and how you approach playing is definitely not calculated in the USDAs. Well, wouldn't you say it's a huge difference? Like if, if you are able to use that mental ability or potential weapon do you think that gives you sometimes a greater advantage for sure than just a stroke or a serve or forehand um the fact that mental is completely left out of the, the chart is kind of is kind of ridiculous yes but it's harder to it's harder to like summarize mental totally. sure. attributes yeah. versus physical attributes for sure uh i would say however that if if you were to say you can <laughs> Wait, be under the chart under 5.0 the criteria beats badass. himself beats himself or herself less than the 4.5 flare <laughs> seriously yeah it that's it right yeah, there's, there's the mental so there you go 4.5 um, beats themselves or less than 4.0 you know this is interesting because when you said mental attitude and i think there's a, a wide variety like there's players that are you know average and then there's like really tough mental players and then really weak mental players like i would i would say that for me personally i'd rather have an average mental toughness and have a huge serve and a huge forehand Hmm. I think I think to be honest, like That's interesting. I, I don't really care how mentally tough you are. If you can't get my serve or you can't stay with my forehand, like but more if you're mentally tough, you not. can't apply it, you know, very consistently. Well, I'm saying I'm an average. You know, you went to the oh, if you're not mentally tough, like most five old players are, are probably pretty mentally tough. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying probably on average, on average. Uh, they're more mentally tough on average probably than a, a, a four point five. I mean, I'm saying average, not like yeah. certain specific players, like. You know, <laughs> curious. Yeah, I don't want to go there, but it's okay. I don't think he listens <laughs> yet. Okay, so yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm, I want to know like the basis of where we're going with this. Well, we're. I think we're defining what a five O is because I think we've all kind of now defined so what then, a five O yeah. is. Yeah. If it so, went, what's the reason? What's the thought process? I feel like behind this in, whole controlling the. In my Why heart don't you hearts, want to be a 5 I think is where it started. Well, there's, there's two reasons. In my heart of hearts, I honestly don't believe I'm a legit 5-0 player. Based on those, like, I don't have a big serve. I can't, you know, ace people on consistently. I mean, I, I would be lucky if I aced a person twice in a match. So and, what, what if you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And secondly, uh, I don't have a big weapon. I mean, my backhand's a liability. My forehand is okay. I mean, it's a, it's a you decent forehand. You can forehand. hit winners with it. Sure, I can hit winners. But it's not like I have the big, heavy, you know, what, what you hear... You know, that sound that it makes when good players hit a forehand, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about, but that noise, <laughs> I don't have that. I'm a little late in my contact, but I, I can, I, it's serviceable, it's manageable. So if you moved to North Dakota and didn't lose a four or five match because the level of relative competition is not as high there, and I, 
for the record, I don't know how high the level of competition <laughs> yeah. is in North Dakota. I'm, uh, I'm going Throwing out on a North Dakota yeah. on under yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right What is he now? trying to say about North Dakota? <laughs> Let me look up our listener stats for North Dakota. Uh, and you hypothetically just won without even trying hard. All your matches are four or five. Do you still not think you should be rated a five zero? Yes. For that area. For Well, you know, that's where it all changes when you go to Chicago, Texas, you know, Baltimore. So are you speaking purely Wisconsin? I'm, I'm speaking on my own behalf. Like, I honestly still, like, in my heart of hearts, don't believe I'm a legit 5-0 player. Now, can I compete? No matter how much you win? Competitor. I'll get, I'll get to that. <laughs> now, I would say that, uh, uh, well, I'll go to that right now. I would say that I can, I win a lot because I'm a good 4-5 player. But I don't beat everybody. I mean, this year I did beat everybody. But, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you, first of all, I was playing all doubles. So yeah. doubles is like me personally, I, you know, I really only have at most control of 45% of that match. I mean, realistically, like, you know, I can poach. I'm good at poaching. I move well at the net, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the level of my opponents varies. And there's two people on the other side of that. So that, that, that dynamic rating of every player comes into a thing. And a lot of my matches, if you look up, aren't like 6-2-6-2. You know, I think three out of my six went in three sets, which, to be honest, I I think the whole 10-point tiebreaker is a joke um, because at any point, anybody could win a match. I've I've won three of those, like, 10-7. So, I mean, at that point, like, am I really that much better, a a whole half point better than everybody else on the court? So that's where I'll say that. Now, the other reason why I don't want to be a 5-0 is because, particularly in Wisconsin, there's not a plethora of 5-0 yeah. players. And so for me, that eliminates my adult summer tennis fun. And I don't want that. So a little bit what selfishly. Is there, like two or three teams or there's something? There's no teams. There's just currently there zero 5 teams. teams. There used to be like two. Because everyone's sandbagging. Everybody's back down in 4-5. And, and uh, so I, I think that plays a big role is that I like to play summer tennis. And, yeah. and even though I do win, I know, that, I know for a fact there are players in our league that are better than me talent-wise. I'm not saying I've lost to them or I've, I haven't beat any of them officially um, in a singles match. But I know that there are players that have physical attributes that are superior than mine that will maintain a 4.5 record. So I may or may not be the only one potentially that could have sandbagged a match. Officially not this year, though. To he me, is the, smiling right now. <laughs> to me, the whole rating yourself out of like, competition is the most, like I want to say legitimate, but um, it's something that, depending on the geography of where you play, is a real consideration. Like, the same thing, you know, for me, once I got bumped up to five Oh, and I've been, I've been bumped up to five Oh, appealed down to four five and got moved back up again to five Oh, just for uh context. And I would try to get me to appeal again, but can, can you, do you remember your record the year that you got bumped up? <laughs> I was to like 5-0? five and three. Yeah. yeah. It was like not anything. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a five Oh player by the chart? Yes. Not by the chart. Okay. No. Just curious. Hmm. That's interesting. By the number next to my name, sure. But <laughs> I've only played a handful of matches, you know, in the last couple of years. And so... Are you talking about currently or like when you play a lot? Oh, that, that's a great question. Yeah. If I'm, tra- if I'm playing three or four times a week, I, I think I'm a 5-0 player. Okay. I think that's a really important statement to make, obviously. Huh. I mean, yeah. I'm going yeah. based on like, yeah, yeah. if I go like, play a like match right, right now, now, but I mean, currently when you're playing and stuff. A middle of the road, legit 5-0 player, like I, I lose that match. Okay. I think. 
But I think there's also... Oh, sorry. Are you done? No, No, I just just wanted to kind of reiterate the point of like based on geography and rating, you very well might bump yourself out of competitive... Based on opportunity. Yeah, depending on what's available. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think there's also another element too, and that is like... For instance, not to throw my father under the bus, but my father is a very good player. (laughs) And he um, got to a point at playing 5-0, and he was literally playing like all of our kids. And he's 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, this is like they would just go out and like talk about us because there was no point in playing. Like he was like, I would just get killed, you know, playing at that level. Um, So I think that's another like age. And the ability, although he's very good, he's a lefty, he's, you know, he's crafty, um, and he's I a, hate lefties. I, me and you both, <laughs> I re- okay, and he's like a, you know, solid, solid player, but for him, he doesn't want to go out and just play 25-year-olds the whole time that all played Division One, you know, or currently played Division One um, yeah, on a regular a basis. Point. I Age. think it's a tough, like, and uh, something we were talking about earlier, in the sense that it's an environmental, almost systemic problem, meaning it's a systematic problem because if the environment is forcing you to like, hey, I can't play 5-0, what am I going to do? And I think that's a problem on one side of these sandbaggers. Not everybody's in that same boat, Mm -hmm. but I do think that is an issue where it's like, yeah, I'm going to play myself out of playing, which becomes an issue. So, and, and the other thing going along with what you said is it's all based on like an algorithm, but like, does the algorithm know how many games went to deuce? Does the algorithm know that mm-hmm. maybe your opponent broke a string in the middle of a match and, and couldn't pull it together? Like, so if, if have you ever beaten somebody six, one, six, two, or you're like, ah, that really didn't feel like a, a the way it was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I beat them, but like, really it could have very easily been six, four, six, four. But what if that's yeah. the match that gets you bumped up? Well, and there's the other scenario. There's one more scenario, and that is that people sandbag because everyone else around them is also sandbagging. And to play at that level, like, just... Just protect the names. I know. I'm not going to throw them the But, like, there's... (laughs) (laughs) There's certain people that played on a team together and went to nationals, and they were far and above the rating that they went. Like at. the team was a Division One college team, together. not like a like <laughs> oh you're a well, Division well, One well, team like well, 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 a well, well, division. They were playing five zero, okay. but the level yeah. was very very high. I mean, it was yeah. definitely in the six zero category level. Like they all could People have gotten points? yeah yeah. <laughs> And they were all Americans, and they were, you know what I'm saying? Like, they Good for played. Them. Get that 5 national championship. No, no. They didn't win. They that lost. Was... They got third. Because everyone else. Oh. Like, uh, the, I'd say, were they out drinking the night before? No, no. Like, literally, I was like, oh, are you guys winning everything? And they were, and they were like, no, we're losing. <laughs> like, everyone was sandbagging. And so like it was epidemic. really hard. Yeah. And so they were like, well what's the point in us trying to play, you know, at a higher level when everyone around us, we're not winning at nationals. We might be killing everyone in our region, but at a national level, yeah. things are way Taking different. another level higher. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I know a 3-5, like in Oklahoma, like Puerto Rico was killing everyone for like 10 years. They won like nationals at a certain level uh, because their rating system was so different than ours. So there's different, you know. 
types of things. Sorry. There's just one more scenario that we haven't uh, brought up yet that I want to make sure we touch on. And I know we've all had at least a little bit of experience with this because we've all been teaching pros at one point or another. But there's also the whole social, like in, in particular in a club environment where you've got your A team and your B team mm-hmm. and your C team and and the lady, ladies in particular don't want to leave the partner they've been playing with for years and years and years or they don't want to leave the team captain. And so I think there's a lot of a lot of cajoling in a club environment as well, men and women that don't want to get bumped away from like their peer group that they're used to playing with. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other, I feel like subset, like outside of NTRP where it's like internal politics and internal, like uh, kind of trying to maneuver for, for position and whatnot. Like unless it's, everyone's moving up, they right, stay there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be the one that like right. leaves, leaves the team or whatever it is. Right. Uh, or like a whole team is like, Oh, we don't want to go to that higher division because they're comfortable where they are like right. they're, they're used to winning and they know that getting bumped up to that next uh, tier of competition means they got to kind of start from the bottom mm-hmm. again and and make their way up mm-hmm. thoughts on the team uh environment or no i think that's true i think everybody i think they're or club the ladies i think is really big with that like they yeah. like to move up together they you know it's a social um, aspect of it. I think and some so, level comes into it. Uh, I, I totally agree with the ladies, but I think there are some level um, incentives. Like when you're a lower level, it's like you're so pumped. It's like, oh, I'm three five. I'm gonna. I'm getting close to four zero. And then you know that's when I think a lot of the social like. It's like all the three five ladies want to be that four zero lady that's like getting it done on that four zero team. I don't and then, think that's true though. But I think it just depends. It's like the the type of club you have. You have usually those four zero four five ladies. They're like the queens. It's like everyone looks up to them, and it's like I want to be there. And then you have the other girls that are like the three O's that they're not quite socially independent yet, and so they want to stay Whoa. in this. They want to stay in this group. We're not at a club anymore. No, right? no, we, can, no. we can say we're. They want to stay in the group, and they they tend to move up together. But I think once you get to like three five, there's this little bit of separation because you can you can see the light, you can see the jump, and you're like, I could be one of the queens. I was like, I think pushing guys, people to move up, and they like did the other not want to. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think they're the, the, the terrified, but you do have those really ambitious ladies. That they're wanna, the outliers, yeah. though. Yeah, but are. I think on guys it's totally different. I think guys. Um, Early on, guys don't care and they slowly get bumped up, but then you start seeing the sandbag as you get higher in level and it's like, dude, I don't want to get my butt kicked. And and then when you get to like the four, <laughs> five, five, oh level, then we have the introduction of the, the sandbag. Professionals. The professional, yeah, so, the strategic baggers. I, I just would like to add one point. The reason that I'm maintaining as best as I can my 4.5 rating is not because I'm scared of losing at 5.0. It's because there's no opportunity. Yeah. And that, that is the number one thing because I'm so, not scared of competition. You know, if, so if you were still in Texas, would you welcome the, the 5.0 if rating? There were a, yes, because there are just opportunities. Tons, yeah, tons above of, yes. Texas, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other thing is there, you know, being a 4.5, it opens up opportunity to play like mixed doubles. So would you appeal down in Texas? Mm. I, I didn't stay there long enough to face that. Would you? I did Would, appeal down while I was in Texas. Yeah. The other reason is because I was also playing a four-five league. I was I was rostered on a five-zero league, but 
never played uh, through the club that I was teaching at. Um, I also played mixed 80 and mixed 90. So in theory, if I would have gotten bumped up, I couldn't play mixed 80. So it's more so like a social thing. You want to maintain the social well, connection. Opportunity. But, oppor- uh, but in Texas, come on. Like, well, yes, but, but in playing, Texas, there's a buttload of players at every level for sure. But I'd had to drop two of the, the, but you that's what I'm saying. You would have, two you would have had to drop the, the social connection of those two teams at four or five. But, but obviously, I mean, I don't know. I've, we've been in Oklahoma. We'll be in Texas. Like Texas is insane for the amount of players at every level. Yeah. No. So there is actually, there's no like five Oh tournaments. Mm. It's, it goes from four or five to open. No. So essentially you, you, you would just play open. You play no. open. Yeah. No. And so at that time, I had no reason to play open. I never won a 4.5 four, four <laughs> tournament. I did, I did get to the semis uh, of 130-plus draw. 4.5. So, uh, four, four, five. Five. Lost to another teaching pro from Houston. Okay. So, I mean, I was doing... And however, when in another 4.5 tournament, I lost and played four high schoolers from Mexico who, like... <laughs> honest to God came up and we're high school and I crushed them because you know they're they're just playing four or five and they're you know 15 16 years old um, and I think there's a huge physical difference between I mean for the most part unless I you're mean, like when you're a man like, like <laughs> that's right. you guys don't know about these uh, guns here um, but yeah I mean so there was a wide variety of 4.5 also and so you know I, I did well in one tournament I lost first round in another and then won four in the back draw I'd actually like to look that up because so I, I mean, I'm pretty it, it, sure. It seems like you were doing pretty well as a 4.5, probably better than some. I mean, if you lose the first... I would say first, in the upper echelon Yeah, the upper echelon. So you could probably categorize yourself as at least an early adopter of the 5.0 tag. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. But I wouldn't consider myself like a, a middle-of-the-road 5.0 player. Uh, but you're, 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 you've made birth. You've, yeah, and, and that's the other interesting thing because birth. that's an interesting way to put it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you've birthed the 5.0 tag. So there's the other thing. So in the, in the official dynamic ratings, and you can look them up, that's like TSL or TRS or whatever. If you guys yeah. remember UTR? No, no, no. There's TSL. Oh. There's like, it's like an unofficial dynamic rating where it like takes oh, your matches. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so... The TRP? No. No, it's, it's, a, it's unofficial. Yeah. You can yeah. look it up. I think it's it TSL. It comes out like three months before right. your... And you can look it up. You pay so, a certain amount to get the whatever. Well, Scott Brody does that for me. Or so. that, yeah. Um, so what happens is I think it... Or go to tennisrecord.com. That's oh, another goodness. great website. You can look me up there. Uh, Ira Miling. Are you going to teach us how to say better? Uh, no. So what, what, the, what the ratings are for a 4.5 uh, is 4.01 to 4.501. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, and I'm, you know, I don't know everything, but I think it should be 4.25 to 4.75 because then you're splitting the difference. Because that, if I'm what they consider like a, a good 4.5, I should be like 4.5 or 4.568. And I think my dynamic rating, if you look it up, is very close to like a 4.63, which in my opinion doesn't qualify me as a 5.0. And again, that's my opinion. Yeah, I feel it's kind of semantics. Like for me, as long as everybody is judged on that same scale, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Um, I just think it's all about like, I mean, you're going to, if, if you legitimately never sandbag a match, then your rating is going to show, I think, d- depending upon the matches that you play, it's going to be 
what it should be. Right. <laughs> what it should losses. be. Right. Right. Agreed. Right. Um, now, I do think that win and losses is different for the same person in all different parts of the United States. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a huge issue when you go to nationals. And so I think that is one huge reason that a lot of people sandbag because they want to be good at nationals and they want to win and they want to do well. And their region doesn't make it easy for them. Exactly. Never qualified for regionals or nationals, by the way. Went to Indy once. Went to Indy once. So there again, I I would consider myself a good 4.5 player. That's on the team, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, your team could be holding you back, right? In theory, <laughs> I would like to consider I'm a good enough captain to to get good 4.0, 4.5 players. I'm just curious. I, I just went through the checklist of who could yeah. be listening to this. Exactly. <laughs> All right. No, yeah, I think those are the biggest factors, though, mm. for sure. I, I feel we like are. we've covered. What do you got? Uh, you got the t- tennis. This is just the tennisrecord.com. Yeah, and. As of 9-15-2019, I'm actually at 4.38. So it's looking good for me to remain at 4.5 for the next year. <laughs> Although I went 6-0 and this year. Is it still November that they move everyone up? I, I don't know for sure. 6-0 and this year. Because it bad. used to be right no before this year. Thanksgiving. I think, was when I think they it's, always it's let around the, that time. Yeah. Yeah. Are we sure no sandbagging? Not yet. <laughs> He's like, from here on out, I got to make sure I stay at three point. All right. I feel like we've covered just about everything. I, I agree. I, I, I want to go around the circle and get a stance from everybody. Is sandbagging okay? Is, is it permissible? And if, if yes, under what circumstances? If no, is it like across the board? Like absolutely, like it's always bad. It's, all, it's like always a negative thing. I, I'd just love to hear everybody's opinion. Ira? So my honest, honest opinion is it depends on what you're looking for in your own game. This is a very Ian Westerman answer, That's I feel. Good start. The reality is I'm not, a, I'm not a very good volleyer. So if my mindset is to walk into a match to, hey, I'm going to try to volley as much as I can today, and I serve in volley, I return in volley, without regards to winning or losing the match, then I think it's fine because for me personally, I'm working on something that I want to get better at without caring if I win or lose. But I think sandbagging by definition means it's per- you're purposefully trying to lose. But that's cr- I would call that creative gameplay. What you're talking about <laughs> what you're talking about is strategic but is, is manipulation? It, is it trying to develop a certain part of your game like for for like knowing game that I'll probably lose. Right. So which is the higher priority? I guess is what I'm asking. Well that's that's completely, you know. Are you trying to say nobody will ever know? I'm saying that <laughs> there has been times where I've gone through matches playing a way that I know I'm not good at in an effort to get better. He did the full air yeah, quotes yeah. just so everybody YouTube knows. viewers are going to yeah, get the full yeah. experience here. I have gone to the net more than I should have, not caring that if I lost, I lost. So Sam Beggin, okay or no? He yes. just gave you the answer. Yes. Yes. So I think when... You're sandbagging because you either don't have the opportunity to play at the level you're at, or you honestly feel like it's better competition at where you are, then I think then that's, that's legitimate. I don't think sandbagging when it comes to 
you don't care that like tanking, like you're in the middle of a match and you just don't care or the, I don't want to come back, work my way all the way back through the match. So I'll just lose this and hope that I get into the tiebreak. So you think that's not okay? I, I don't, I've never been a fan of that. Have you ever been down one five and just like, I'll just take my chances in a 10 point tiebreaker? No, I actually have never. Hmm. Hmm. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, because a tiebreaker, like you were saying, is so versatile. I mean, it's a flip of the coin half the time on who wins and loses because mental toughness, there's so many factors that come into play there. Um, so I would think it's much better to take your chances on trying to work your way back and have the tiebreaker be the last resort. Um, so that's my yes. If the if it's because of opportunity or age or um, to where you legitimately feel like your best play is at a level lower. So, so just for the record, you're saying it is okay and it is not okay. Yes, correct. So you're like right on top of the fence. <laughs> yes, correct, Ira. <laughs> Just want to get that clear. You started your answer with it depends on what the player wants to get out yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love I how you're, yes. you started your answer like that, and then you're like with the air quotes. I personally play a way that allows me to go into the net knowing that it's not my best play, but, but I'm that working I'm on my working game. On so my in other words, yeah. if you play Ira and he says he's working on his volleys, yeah, if, he, if, he's, if he's coming in the net, not the a good match. No. no, I agree with Megan. Um, you know, I think it's a, like I was saying, it's a problem with the system in the sense that there's just such a wide range of um, of players within, like, let's say from 4-0 to 5-0. That's a huge range of what you can possibly get. And so it's hard when if you are that person who kind of like you're going to be a 5-0 and you're like, I'm not going to be able to play anymore. You're going to enjoy yourself. That's that sucks. And, you know, the whole point of the game is the enjoyment of it. So in that sense, that's probably the only time I would, like, condone. Um, God, I even hate saying it. Condone it. Um, from the standpoint of, like... Uh, Looking pretty good. Right? Yeah, yeah right. I know. You, you've, you've got a decent case in the sense of, of, of not having the Came opportunity. Prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna it's, put, it's I'm not so put much together an entire yeah. five O team in the state of Wisconsin yeah. so that you have I'm to signing up. <laughs> I'm signing up for five O tomorrow. Um, or we I could uh, appeal and come down to four five with me. Yeah, actually, you know, we'll, we'll play some four five matches. Um, I hit a lot of drop shots. Um, bring you to net. Oh, you'll you'll win then. <laughs> um, I agree with Megan in the sense of the tanking. Like, even if you're down in the second, um, just because. There's so many opportunities if you're down to start coming back. Generally, if you can start coming back, that creates a lot of mental pressure. If someone's losing a lead and going into that tiebreak is just such a crapshoot, unless you know, just like, you know, I've had a match where it's like, oh, yeah, I was just totally off those couple of points, but still, that's, that's, just, that's just a big gamble. Mm-hmm. So for me, the whole tanking thing, and I, I've talked about it before, tanking in a sense for me is like just a no, mm-hmm. a no goes bar on it. I have pulled multiple children off the court for tanking mid-match. in mid-match. Yep. Yeah. Can I just interject really yeah. quickly? Uh, what do you guys think of John Isner? I don't like really as a follow... As a, as, a, as a player. He's tall. I, I, would, I would sometimes... <laughs> 
I would. Uh, what'd you say? He's tall. I would. Uh, I would consider him nice. in, in some respects a, a little bit of a sandbagger, especially when he gets down in a in an opponent's service game. After like he doesn't make, he goes for a big return on the first and second service. He gets down low thirty. He's like ah, just you know, it doesn't really matter. The next two points, I'll just hold off for my serve. So you know, there are littler definitions of sandbagging. It's, it's, like a, a, it's a very it's a very thin line that you're cutting there For because sure. it's, it's just yeah because it's a, a strategic move. It's almost like if you look at Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras had this deal where he's like, I know I'm going to hold serve, so I'm going to re- just tee off on returns, and I know I'm going to connect on one game. And the if I don't get it, I don't get it. If I don't get it, I don't get it. But the, here's mm. the here's I think the the micro difference between you and Pete Sampras <laughs> is. <laughs> I, I, can we end it here? I came, I saw, I conquered. See you next I time. Think, <laughs> I think the the strategic purpose of him going after returns is that his purpose is to win the points versus going to the net knowing that you're going to probably lose the points. John Isner, no. when he's going for those returns, is thinking like, I'm taking a rip to win these points. Not He's not like taking a rip and hitting it in the fans like, hey, well, <laughs> a little off I mean, there. I'm but, not like purposely dumping volleys yeah, into the but, net. I mean, you're strat- like, like my volleys just aren't good in general. So, so here's the question. You if, can if, to that. But here's the question. In that situation, if your volleys are, what's your best stroke? Oh, God. There's so many. Yeah, okay, exactly. So you have so many more options to, like you said, you, you, you tend to maybe slap your forehand. Yeah. Why not just slap your forehand? Wait, and just I go- never said I slap. You been telling them I slap forehands? You, you kind of mentioned you guys, you guys, you guys were talking. So yeah, the whole like I have I mean, no weapons. Yeah, the whole deal where you're like, oh, come out and like, whoa, I don't have any weapons, and I just come to net and no, you slap forehands. So why don't you just slap forehands and just try to win the point outright from slapping forehands instead of coming to net and going to a, kind of a weaker play? I think that's that yeah, subtle difference. I agree. I would just rebuttal that by saying because I'm good at slapping forehands. Um, now, slapping forehands isn't necessarily... I wouldn't consider a slap forehand like uh, your forehand. No, I mean... It's, because right, but Isner's slap forehand yeah. is probably... Yeah, I think whenever you slap, there's like that... In the back of your mind, there's that like, nah, I'll just slap it and see what happens. You know, you're spinning but, the roulette wheel and it's... Yeah, right. Yeah, but right, the but difference is, like, do you slap yeah. a forehand and like a couple of them hit the tarp or you slap a forehand with the strategic sense of like, hey, this is going to be a big forehand. There's a, a good chance to go in, but there's probably a chance of going out versus like, I'm coming in at... This is my weaker shot, and I need to. Yeah, it's probably not going to go well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I think that's the the difference where these guys are strategically setting their game up with the purpose of connecting on something to create something. You're kind of setting yourself up for the like the fall. You're like, uh, you know, I'm coming in that. Just slap a forehand, Ira. Slap it. I I agree with you to a certain degree. I I will disagree within the fact that John Isner on his and micro. This is micro sandbagging. That like, okay, if I get down thirty love, like I'll just you know, pack it in kind of, you know, I'll play the point, well, but, but I'm not going to get how full do you effort. Do, how do you describe packing in? Well, like, like he not slaps giving the ball? full effort. But like, how, like, you know, yeah, but time out, like not giving full effort that he doesn't run to a ball or did he's just outright slapping shots? I would probably say both. Like, like, are you on the fence here? Or are you picking? No, one? I would, I would say both. Like he's, like he's, just, he's like, doing he, both. He so, goes for a huge return. Like, or he like un- unnecessarily, like he's on, like, let's say they have a wide serve and he just tries to slap it down the line. Like, yeah. That's really not a, a, a smart tennis shot. Would you agree? I would agree. That's not a smart tennis shot. 
But do you think he has the intention of winning the point? I think the intention here is where I think he could care less if he won or lost it because he knows. You, so that you at think love he's thirty and professionally, it's hard to break at love. Yeah. 30. Okay. So so you're thinking that he's slapping four hands down the line and he just has no real intention of like winning the point, or is he trying to end the point early using mm-hmm. his potential weapon to do so? I would I would say that he's not thinking, man. I bet I can get back in this game if I slap a few forehands down the line. <laughs> Like I, I so mean, you don't think he's thinking, no. maybe I can't get back in the game by grinding, so I'm going to cut the sh- point shorter and really go after it? I, or I, do you think he's thinking, I'm going to come to net. To I'm going to chip and charge. Right, right. is on so, the, that's yeah. my answer. Right, fair enough, fair enough. We'll leave Ian, it what do you think? <laughs> it's definitely the deepest conversation on sandbagging, I think probably in the history of tennis, which I'm proud of. Nice job, everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my opinion on it, I'm glad I went last because I like my snap decision. I didn't, I wasn't really satisfied with, I just have a hard time like picking a side and I I will leave like 4% for extenuating circumstances. Like there, there, uh, there are some like geographical and availability of competition related reasons why I I think it, in my mind could be permissible, but I think the vast majority of the time in, in my mind, I think this is kind of what you're trying to get at Megan. Yeah. When you lose on purpose, I think it insults your opponent. I think it's disrespectful to the spirit of the game. And I, it's not why people showed up that day. And so <clears throat> I think the vast majority of the time I'm not okay with it. And again, this is just my personal opinion, but I think there's a, in a small fraction of cases where there's so many layers and all of us kind of touched on this a little bit a a few times, the system is so convoluted and there's so many layers to it. You've got like the club environment and then you've got the local environment, then you've got the state, then you have the region, then you have national. And it's like, what are you trying to optimize for? And depending on how you're trying to navigate that like roadmap, you might have to, you know, like, Maneuver some stuff to like give yourself the best possible chance. Can you define chance. maneuver? Oh mm, my goodness. Can you, no, can you we, maneuver the maneuver? <laughs> and so <clears throat> I think in a very small minority of situations where somebody has a very specific outcome they're trying to optimize for, maybe I'd be okay with it. But again, 90, it's 4%. 96% of the time, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not, okay, I'm not okay with it. That's my answer. That's a good answer. Good answer. <clears throat> well, I'll think about it. Anything else we left on the table? Experiences. I've beaten myself a lot, but never on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely never sandbagged, uh, for sure. And I felt a little dirty uh, asking to go back down to 4 or 5 again, uh, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, although... (laughs) Because there's there's a big part of me... you You know me. Like, I like to... All of us, I think to a certain degree, like to see ourselves through our best possible like effort. <clears throat> and I think when I'm at my best, when I'm playing a lot, I think I am a 5-0. Like, that's my level of competition, I think. Now, I'm not there right now. Like, at this moment, 4-5 is probably the best place for me to be a competitor and compete. But I don't like viewing myself through that lens. Like, I, if I'm going to be a competitor, I want to compete for, like, my best. And so, I don't remember what your question was or what you were responding to. Experiences. But experiences. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've, never, I've, I've honestly never been like, well, I, like, I've never lost a match on purpose, for sure. Have you ever tanked? 
this been goes down back, big in a second set. This goes back just, to like just, the emotional versus tactical. Just emotionally, tank. 100%. Yeah, I've definitely emotionally like checked out and just freaking mm. nosedived mm. and beat myself fast. Yeah, no mm. question. But never like out of some scheme like, right. oh, I, I'm going to scheme. Yeah, figure this out. But yeah, there's no question I beat myself in the past a lot. Ira. <laughs> well, first, first of all, and I, you know, I like you a lot, Ian, but <laughs> it, all good comments start with uh, a preface like that. What's that? I don't think you're a five O player. Yeah. I think that, I think that maybe at some point you could compete at five O, but yeah. I, and I've played against you a oh, lot. Do you mean right now yeah, or I'm, potentially? I'm talking about like in your past and, and, and but you don't think here, I've ever played at a five level? No, I said you may have. Okay. I don't think that I would classify you as a five. I wouldn't right now. Yeah. Th- even is that what I said? Like right now? I'm, yeah, but I, he's, this he's is the, the yeah. so here. Here's the thing. And you said, well, if I practiced every day and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think if a lot of people practiced every day, but the reality is in USTA leagues, these are mostly adults that have jobs that have I mean, other responsibilities. Like, we literally hit once this like last three months, three fair, months. Fair, but even, even give you, you know, go ahead and hit, what, what would you say the average adult plays that play state league hits a week? At least once or twice okay. a week. So twice, yeah. giving yourself twice a week, you think you could really get up to a five Oh level twice a week. Uh, when you say up to a five Oh level, you mean like being competitive at five Oh, like what? Yeah. Winning. How much? Are we what talking about matches? in Milwaukee? Like winning some matches. Yes. Okay. Uh, currently, like if you if you were to play in, if I played twice a week, I could win some matches. Yeah, at I think you yeah. could too. Really? Yeah. In Wisconsin, I, or you went five and California three. Or Remember in in, yeah. in Milwaukee when we were playing a little bit, you know, like yeah, you and I, I was hit, it. but yeah. you went five and three at four or five. Right after taking like five years break off, uh, uh, like I wasn't on the court at but, all. But I wasn't he, even feeding and playing customer. But to be honest, I don't I don't think that you have. I mean, I. I, I think you're going to argue this, but I don't really think that you have a game that like needs a ton of rhythm and like a ton of hits. Like I, I think you can come out there and just kind of play. Well, we're getting yeah. off in the weeds, but <laughs> I, res- I respect you know I, I respect the conversation. I just don't know that anybody at home like okay. really cares. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen your forehand and your serve, and I, I like they're no bigger or better than like what I would classify as a five zero. Just throwing that out there. So you also never saw me when I was training and playing. Correct. my best tennis. Yes, in college when you'd play every day. Yeah, for sure. Have not. Would love to though. Uh, so, what, what, <laughs> sorry that that kind of threw me off. What, what was the question? Experience. So I've only I have only I've only purposefully I would say I set myself up to lose one match for sure. And the, how it happened Ever? was Ever? Are we talking about sandbagging or tanking? No, this is this is I lost a match. I hit a shot knowing that it would probably lose the match. Or was it a volley? I didn't miss. But I gave the opponent an opportunity to hit a ball that we is were going to Is this the only one ever? I'll, I'll get oh, to the second all one. All right. So the first one was in a mixed doubles match. And my partner... This is when you were at Essential Tennis, wasn't it? I remember you, uh, you telling this story. It, it might have... Yeah, it might have been just before Essential Tennis or, or whatever. Um, anyways, and this, this is going to sound kind of bad, but whatever. Uh so I was playing mixed doubles. My partner is very competitive and she still to this day isn't really happy with me. Although we, we are friends and we, we talk a lot and she's a member at the club that I work at. Uh, I'm not going to say names. And she's Hi. listening right now. No, she, she, she probably won't hear this. Uh, and she knows. I, I told her. Someone um, will pass it on. I'm sure. So what happened was I think we were down 7-9 in a tiebreaker. And, or no, we were up. We were up. And then we ended up getting irrelevant. 
Uh, so what happened was she was serving to me. I was playing the ad side and her, her partner was a pro at the club that we were playing at. And so she faults the first one and I'm thinking, Oh God, I hope she doesn't double fault because then she'll, you know, we have a chance of like winning this. And, <laughs> and so she hit a second serve and I purposefully, Why did you want to lose this match? I'll get to that. She purposefully hit a, I mean, I purposefully hit a down the line forehand to the pro who was down the line and he then just hit it through the middle, which all good doubles players would do. So that lost the match. The reason why, and this is where I might get into a little bit of hot water with some people, but my team had been eliminated from postseason competition. And there was a very close race between the team that we were playing and another team, which had some people on it that I didn't like, uh, that had, had gotten to a confrontation with earlier on in the year, like just some jerks on the court. Uh, and so in mixed doubles, you play three matches. So I ended up losing mine thinking, well, this team's pretty good that we're playing. Most likely what's going to happen is we'll split. And if I lost mine, it's not the end of the world because then their team would advance and the team that I had had some issue with wouldn't advance. And so I lost the match in my mind, hoping that the rest of my team would split or lose and then their team would advance. I'm just Did being that honest. happen? I do believe so. Well, then it was all I, worth I, it. I don't know, right I, I, there. The, the second match that I uh, is the one I w- referred to earlier about practicing my volleys. Uh, I played a singles match against actually a guy that I, I really don't like losing to. But I knew I had done well that year, and I knew that I, I want to look this up now. I knew that if I lost, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad for me uh, from a rating standpoint. And so I went into the match serving and volleying, uh, returning and volleying, just you know, playing a style of tennis that I knew I wasn't good at. Now, it, I ended up losing 5-7-5-7, five, seven, five, seven, which in my mind actually was a, a pretty big success uh, because I, I, didn't, I didn't go out there purposefully trying to lose points. But like, since I'm not a good volleyer, a lot of my first volleys weren't great and he could pass me. You know, like I wasn't like not trying to win, but I wasn't playing a style of game that I but felt comfortable trying winning. trying to win? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I played a style not caring whether I won or lost, but practicing what I had intended on practicing. It's a great way of saying you're not trying to win. It, it's a creative way of playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan. Okay. I don't even remember what we're talking Your about. Your experiences, sandbagging? Oh. Um, Personal I've, or? Yeah, I've never sandbagged. Um, Tank. I've never uh, mentally <sighs> totally have tanked many a matches in my life. I was not the I feel like every tennis player at some point is just tough. <clears throat> yeah. is just checked out. Yeah. Um I did play on a team in Kansas City and had an experience where you know we're warming up and we're hitting and um and I was like, man, the girl I'm hitting against is really good. Like you could just tell she was just really good. And so we brought everybody up and we were all tennis coaches that were playing like, you know, for fun. And, and I was like, do you play tennis like regularly? She was like, yeah, I just spent three months in Spain, like playing on the tour. And so there was a little bit of that that was not very fun to play against um, once in a while. But, I mean, other than that, that was pretty much the only time that ever really, we just got killed. So. 
So you think she was sandbagging? Oh, for a hundred times. We were playing on a five O team. And she, she had points, had, I think. She had points, yeah. She definitely, and she had literally, like, you know who why she is. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that not a criteria? Oh, you have, why is that not a checkbox? You should be like a 6 for sure. I think it is. But there's some, like, loopholes <clears throat> and different things. And she, yeah, uh, she definitely, literally came back, like, a week later and was playing with us. Yeah. So here, here's another question for you. So if, if you answer the question on the USDA self-rating, did you play college tennis? Mm-hmm. It's not Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. Right. But if you play college tennis, you're automatically a, a 5-0. So would lying for that question be considered sandbagging? I, actually, that's true. I used to tell some people to say no to that. So if they played you were helping like, people sandbag, right? If they played like at three, if they played like low division three, or like I did, or like they I did. didn't I played play, low division three. Then it's a bogus question. And they the haven't played place. in twenty years. Like there were so many people. That, like they haven't picked up a racket in twenty years. It needs they played to be more no, specific. Yeah. It's way too general. I thought Agreed. they changed it. Uh-uh. I thought there was a. Um, I, it's college okay. tennis. I, I'm almost positive. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Experiences. Yeah. Uh, no experiences. Um, Never sandbagged, never went to net to creatively creatively (laughs) not try to win my volleys. Um, I've had one instance where I was in Spain and I was like pretty homesick that I I tanked like a couple games, but then I I didn't want to lose the kid. So I pulled it together, but I generally don't tank. There's just something about it. It irks me. It feels dirty for me. Yeah, on purpose, yeah. Mentally, though, I am, like, my worst critic. Yeah. Like, I'll just crumble. Oh, I am yeah. mentally not tough on the court yeah. whatsoever. Or I never was, really. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a uh, there's a big difference. <laughs> oh, I meant, like, related to me. I wasn't throwing... So, I, wasn't, I, 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 would, I would also just say, <laughs> lastly, I, I think purposefully missing shots is insulting to another player. Um, however, I think there are shots that you can hit that strategically you know maybe aren't the best shots to go for. I've never done I that I like the, 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 how you categorize. There's just like this black hole of like strategery <laughs> and creativity where it's not, you, you use the word, it's not on purpose, but it's not not on purpose. It's like, it's interesting. Well, that's where the creativity comes I, in. I can see. I because can see. like if I'm on the run hitting a forehand and I hit it down the line, like tactically that's not a good play. I'm not saying I want to lose a point, but I know that it's but not. But you're not a good saying play. you're really trying to win it. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of a time where I hit a ball and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna." Well, you except for that it. one. I mean, I think there's a big difference between like. I think there's a difference between purposefully like <laughs> hitting hitting out and then hitting tactically shots that maybe you could lose. I think there's a difference there, like insultingly lose to a player. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show some restraint. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not sure we solved anything, but we at least got four opinions out there. Ira, I want to thank you for putting yourself out there. I mean, for, I mean Ira's a local <laughs> teaching, <laughs> teaching bro, plays in this area, and um, I just respect you know, the fact that you're able to be honest about it and, and open about it. And it's a complicated issue. I mean, I, th- I think that's something I think everybody can agree on yeah. based on geography and available competition and, and so many other variables. It's not as simple. There is no simple solution to it. No matter how bad of a system you think NTRP is, there's not like a, some light switch you can flip and just be like, well, that'll fix it and have everybody like be on a perfect like level playing field. 
Do you have a light switch? Well, there's a there's what, what's the the UTR? Uh, yeah, UTR, yeah. which I think they're trying to like they're trying incorporate. Yeah. And I it's don't really great. know. I don't know much about it. I don't know what my. Uh, I was looking up your UTR, but you don't have one. Yeah, I thought that would have been really there's interesting. There's like three Iron Islands actually. Oh, in the system. maybe hold up. Yeah. It, anyway, so yeah, there are other technology companies out there that are attempting to solve this problem, and that I'm super excited about. I, I hope they keep working on it because I don't have a solution, but I don't. I don't think the current system is Mm-mm. doing us any favors. And I don't know anybody who disagrees with that. Does anybody here disagree with that? Nope. Do you like the current system? <laughs> he likes to manipulate yeah, the current yeah. system. He likes to well, creatively. I, I would like to say that, you know, out of, out of the 200 matches I've probably played, I mean, this is a very small percentage. The majority of the matches I do play, I, I have fully intended on, on winning. Uh, so this is this is a this isn't a representation of necessarily like how I play my matches, but this has been an instance. At least I'm willing to admit it. Look at this. All right, when you type, uh, so, sorry. No. Okay. So anyway, thanks for listening, mom, and anybody else who's still listening. My mom. My mom too. probably actually doesn't listen. So yeah, my mom I don't know why I say that. Actually, yeah. uh, thanks for listening. Hope you guys found this entertaining, maybe a little bit informative, and uh, gave you a little bit more perspective. Catch you again on the next episode of Shankcast. If you're still listening and you want to do our rating and review on iTunes Music Store, through September, we're giving away courses. Probably should have opened with that, but that's if fine. If you're still listening, you deserve yeah. that free course. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody who's already rated and left reviews, we appreciate you guys tremendously. Uh, the show's off to a great start. So thank you all so much for your support, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>